Hello, and welcome to Everybody Pulls the Tarp. I'm your host, Andrew Moses, and I have a very, very special guest today, the one and only Reggie Love, commonly referred to by President Barack Obama as iReggie. Welcome aboard, Reggie. Andrew, uh, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun uh, to be here today. Uh, I love the concept of your show. Well, it's great to have you. And, and for, for those who, who don't know Reggie, Reggie is the, the former personal aide to President Barack Obama. He's the author of the New York Times bestseller, Power Forward, My Presidential Education. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Reggie was the captain of the 2004 Duke basketball team under Coach K, won the national championship with Duke in 2001. Um, and is now uh, Vice President and Head of External Affairs at HRS Management. The list goes on. Welcome to the show, Reggie. Uh, great to be here. Uh, thanks for the kind introduction. Well, this show, Everybody Pulls the Tarp, is really built around one philosophy, Reggie. It's built around the philosophy that great teams and great organizations are powered by individuals who go far beyond the bounds of their job description. And you've certainly had some great leadership roles and some great uh, jobs over the course of your career, which is which is also just getting started. Um, so why, why don't we start at, at one of the, one of the more interesting roles you've held, the uh, the, the former personal aide to, to President Barack Obama. What 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 is that role? You know, share with the audience a little bit about what what goes into that. Yeah, look, I think it's like a little bit of everything. Um, you know, campaigns are probably one of the most grueling things you can go through. They start early in the morning. They go late through night through the night. There are all sorts of constituents uh, from, you know, uh, fundraisers, unions, teachers, uh, economists, uh, community relations, PR, media, press. I mean, there's just a whole lot of stuff that goes into it and, and helping uh, to really uh, execute the daily schedule so that the candidate can be as productive as possible. So and, and making sure that, you know, appropriately prepped has the right attire, knows where he is, um, uh, has it had three meals. I can remember days where I'd like wake up in the morning and just would be walking around random towns in New Hampshire looking for like scrambled eggs and, and, and bacon. Um, and so, um, look, I think it's just uh, the function uh, of the job is to, is to be on a team and to be part of uh, the, a common goal, which was to you know, elect a, a president that was, you know, a once in a, a once in a lifetime type of figure, uh, and and anything that you could do to to see that um, that come to fruition, uh, for me and and I think for a lot of people who worked on that campaign felt like that was worth it for them. So you talk in your book about the. You know that the interview with 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 then Senator Obama didn't go great in your in your mind, or uh, you weren't sure that you were going to get the job. But when um, w when you're on the phone with the gentleman who asks you, "Would you like to, what would you like to do for then Senator Obama?" You say, "I'll do anything." Um, and and what 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 inspired? I mean, what what was the inspiration for you? What, you know, when you said, yeah, "I'll do anything." Yeah, look, that, that was Pete Rouse, and Pete Rouse was the chief of staff at the time. And um, I think a lot of people um, felt like they knew exactly what they wanted to do, um, where they wanted to be, what role. And I was 20, I was about to turn, I think I just turned 23 at the time. I'd never worked on a presidential campaign. I'd never been to the state of New Hampshire. Um, and, and I kind of 
looked at it as an opportunity to take guidance, right? Like, like I, I love being on this team and I trust you. So you tell me what you think is best for the team and, you know, I'll go and I'll give, give it my best to do it. Right. Um, I can think back uh, to times in college where, uh, you know, we had these, um, we had these things called efficiency points uh, and coach K would track it not only for games, but in practice and in an efficiency point, you know, it was not only like point, made shots and missed shots and rebounds and block shots and steals, those sort of things that traditionally come up in like a stat column that you would see sort of on ESPN.com or in the local newspaper. But it also, uh, he would keep track of like how many screens you set away, how many screens you set on the ball, how many deflections, how many times you took a charge, like things that normally don't show up in traditional uh statistical categories like he would track because he knew how important they were to the success of the team right um and and i think that that is sort of that was the mindset that i had when i when i got to dc which was like you know uh hey coach like what do you need me to do so is it is it fair to say that i mean when, when you're on a stage as big as the president of the united states in terms of that platform or duke basketball there's a lot of things that go into creating the, the finished product that maybe people don't see. In other words, there's well, lots man. of big things, but there's, there's tons of little things that if they don't get done, it, it doesn't work. Right. Look, everything, everything matters. Uh, and just because it doesn't get reported on or just because it doesn't make the news, uh, it does not uh, diminish the value uh, of the, of the finished product. Right. Um, I, I've never, I, I never, um, was on stage with the candidate or the president. Uh, but, you know, I would always go on stage to make sure that the remarks were on the podium <laughs> or I would go and put them on the podium. Uh, and most people who would watch on TV would never really take that into consideration. It's not really that big of a deal, but if, you know, the candidate walks up there and there are no remarks, you know, that's like a big deal. Or if the teleprompter, if the teleprompter goes out, I suppose, right? There's a backup. Yeah. If the teleprompter goes out, uh, you know, I, I remember when we, we, we started getting teleprompters towards the end of the campaign, uh, the candidate at that point in time would go on these things, these riffs all the time. And he would say to me that, uh, the teleprompter operators, like the new ones of the guys who hadn't worked with us in the past would get lost. They would sort of, you know, the riff would be like a paragraph and the, the teleprompter operator would continue to scroll. And uh, I would sit and train teleprompter operators. Uh, every new teleprompter operator that would come in, I would sit and like basically teach him how to operate the teleprompter for Barack Obama. That's, not in the job description. Not in the job description. <laughs> I, I also, on your list of, of things, you know, I remember in the book you, you talk you, you talk about um, babysitting the children of other world leaders because it needed to be done and um, handing a tie at the last minute to President Obama or maybe then Senator Obama. What, uh, what, what are some of the other kind of fun things just for the viewers? I mean, you know, I pulled a lot of tarp in my day, but I don't know if I've ever babysat the, 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 the children of a world leader. 
Yeah, uh, I, I think that uh, this, I don't know if you remember uh, Nicolas Sarkozy, who was the uh, the president of France. He and Carla Bruni had came over to have dinner with Michelle and, and, and President Obama. And it was like the night before uh, the, the French uh, state visit. And um, uh, Sarkozy's son from his first marriage went to school in New York. And so the son came down to visit his father when he was on this official visit. And so the son comes, shows up at the White House. It was like, well, you know, and Sarkozy says, well, he can just hang out with Malia and Sasha while we like have our, you know, our, our working dinner. And, uh, you know, and the first lady and the president were like, well, the girls have homework to do. So we'll just, we can leave Nicholas with Reggie and he can like give him a tour. And like, we had our own. Like, Leave him with Reggie. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, we had a great time. So, so you, you, um, you know, to be successful in any role, right. You, you, you have to build a process. You have to build a, a framework. You know, I know, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, you started, I guess when you guys were, if I recall the story that you shared with me once, when you guys were, you know, figuring out who was going to do what on the team, you said, I'll, I'll go to the mailroom, right? <clears throat> you know, there, you know, there were thousands and thousands of letters coming in every day and it needed to be sorted on the campaign. It needed to be reacted to a certain way when he's president, they need to be reacted to a certain way. And, and you, t you, you, you've talked in the past with me about how you, you built a system, a process. You, you, you didn't just take it for, Hey, it's mail. I got to sort it. it. You kind of put a, process in place around that is that right yeah i mean so when i first moved to dc um one of the first tasks that came to me and it, it actually came to a group of staff assistants that then worked for barack obama in the senate office and pete rouse he's like sitting with the, us all in uh in barack obama's office as a his u.s senate office and you know we all think that this amazing thing is about to happen they're going to ask us to like you know help draft a piece of legislation that's going to go to the floor of the Senate and, or, you know, travel with him on a coat on a hotel to the Middle East or like something amazing, right? You're in this environment, you know, there's pictures of like Thurgood Marshall and Obama and uh, Nelson Mandela and sure. Muhammad Ali's gloves. And you just think like you're around all this greatness and some great things about to happen. And, and then Pete says, you know, we got a problem in the mailroom. And everyone looks like kind of looks at each other and I, I raise my hand and say, look, I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to help. And so uh, there had been a backlog of mail that was found and hadn't been responded to. And, uh, and then what I decided to do is I, I came up with a way to sort of digitize our mail um, so that we could open, um, review and respond to mail uh, in a faster way. Uh, to help uh, reduce the backlog. What it's amazing, right? I mean, something just seemingly simple. You, you take the initiative to to go the extra mile, and it makes it makes you know all the the world of difference. And I and I think that you know <clears throat> that example it, it it's the same it's the same thing that you described with Coach K, right? Like the the small things, the little things, you know, sometimes make a big impact, and and they're. It's 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 a great example. Let's let's talk about the time at du at Duke a little bit. Um, how, what was it like playing uh, under Coach K, and 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 what what was that environment like, and how did that shape you? I mean, look, I I was lucky enough, so I played football and basketball at Duke, 
and I, I was a walk on the basketball team. And for me, I kind of always like took it as like a privilege to be able to also uh, to go out and play basketball. Uh, it, it was a game. Uh, it is a game that I still love and I still try to play today. Um, and so uh, for me, the experience was was amazing because I got to play with some of the best players uh, that Duke had had seen. Uh, guys like Jason Williams, Carlos Boozer, Shane Battier, Chris Duhon. Uh, and then I got to learn every day from guys like Steve Ojahowski, Chris Collins, Johnny Dawkins, Coach K, who were the coaches. Um, and, you know, they were true professionals about how they approached the game. And, and ultimately, they taught me, like, one, how to study the game and, and also how to, like, uh, to represent a brand. Uh, you know, I had never been a part of an organization that had had as much um, accolade as and, and, and had as much attention as Duke basketball had in the 2000s. And so, you know, it really was an eye opening experience for me around how how you go out and not only uh, play the game the right way on the court, but how you also, you know, carry yourself and represent uh, the, the brand and the shield off the court. So really, it. it thinking about thinking about you know everything that you do through the context of something bigger than just yourself right i mean duke basketball has a tradition and um a long history and uh, a a future ahead of it and and is it fair to say i mean you 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 really that left an impact on you that you were part of you were part of something extremely extremely significant that it was bigger than yourself bigger than yourself and you got to leave it better than you found it and that Ultimately, um, not only are you giving benefit to the program and the organ organization, but uh, you know you're a part of a group of people that you'll be attached to forever. Um, and and when you come at it from that point of view, um, I think you, you know, I, I always tell people when I give them advice that when they ask about careers and jobs and, and what they want to do, and I and I tell everyone that like, you know, no matter what it is you do. Uh, make sure that you can like be excited to go full speed at whatever it is, because, you know, you can run the perfect play. Uh, but if you, if you call the perfect play and run it at 80%, uh, it most likely doesn't work. But if you call the wrong play, but you run it at 110%, you know, like it, may, it may just hit, you know, and like, yeah. I'd rather always like have, you know, teammates and friends like running the right play, running full speed and playing with all their energy uh, and maybe not doing it perfectly versus someone who's, you know, on a very like cautious path and not like full tilt. What a, what a great lesson, you know, can be applied any, in, in any aspect of, of life. Um, let, let's, so, so obviously you, you are a tremendous leader, a tremendous person, you know, who's accomplished a ton. Let, let's talk a little bit of, you know, more about, um, uh, your, your, your time with, with, with the president and with, with coach K, you know, I'm sure they pulled their share of tarp, you know, too, right. Doing what needs to be done, uh, to get the job done. So maybe you could, you know, share with the, with, with our viewers a little bit about, you know, maybe, maybe a, a story or something you observed, whether it's President Obama or Coach K and, yeah. and, and how they went above and beyond and, and did something that maybe, yeah. you know, you wouldn't expect of them at their level. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I think that both of these guys are tremendous leaders and they, um, you know, they have work ethics that are just tireless. And, 
neither one of them would ever ask someone to do anything that they had not done before themselves or that they wouldn't do themselves. Um, and that, that has always been the case. I mean, look, I can say, you know, being the president of the United States is much different than being a college basketball coach. You know, like I think Duke, Duke basketball is not democracy by any uh, stretch of the imagination. There are no members of Congress. There's no, uh, I need to get these like uh, these six, these 51 votes. I mean, you know, uh, there's a plan um, that Coach K comes up with and like, the plan is that we're all going to uh, go together as one, as a fist and like go and execute. Um, I think for, for, for as the president of the United States, I think you, it's a little bit more challenging because in leading, you have to inspire. Uh, you've got to get people to believe in and, and you got to get people to buy into your, to your mission and your vision. And in that scenario, like everything that you say and everything that said matters. Right. And, I can think of times during the campaign where uh, after he had, um, after the, um, after the Nevada uh, caucus, we had went to Georgia to speak at uh, Ebenezer church on uh, MLK the Sunday before MLK day. And, um, you know, he got in really late, uh, the speech he was going through wasn't, the way he thought it needed to be and instead of like getting on the phone and like calling like the speechwriter and having them up all night you know i i think stayed up until like uh three o'clock in the morning like making edits to a speech that he then got up at 8 a.m to go deliver at a 9 a.m service the next day uh and you know and didn't blink twice about it does that what does that do what does that do for those around him right forget the country that he's leading right but the people like like you and others uh, around him does it does it set the tone you know does it does it change the way you all behave to see the leader regardless of whether it's okay. or not it's 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 the president of the United States does it does it change the way you be, you behave does it set the tone I, I mean I'm a true believer in in in, in that you the best way to lead is by example. Um, you know, when I was uh, my freshman year uh, at Duke, Shane Battier, and you know, it's all it's so funny because you know everyone says like, uh, well, Shane Battier like wasn't that good, and it's like when it comes down to it, like Shane Battier like wasn't the best athlete you'd ever seen. You know, like he was like, you know, not the fastest not the most explosive, but the guy played the, the game like hard and was always like in the right spot, always showed up, was the first person in the gym, last person out of the gym, the most vocal. And like the expectation was that when you played on the court with Shane, you were going to play up to Shane's level. Like that was just like the standard. And I think like in, in, in all jobs and all organizations like the folks who are at the top of the food chain they set the tone and they set the culture that ultimately trickles down to to the rest of the team um and if you and if if you can't lead by example then you know i think you still will get people who work hard because they're people who are passionate but you'll also have a, a group of people who feel like you know what like uh i'm not going to be more bought in than than the person who I work for. 
What Reggie, what a what a what great perspective, right? Again, it's 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 these are fundamentals that anybody in any walk of life, in any business, in any organization, at any age, uh, any level of experience can can benefit from. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's been a absolute pleasure talking uh, talking with you, Reggie. I uh, I want to give uh, one more shout out to the book, so uh, all the viewers can get all the stories. Uh, from Reggie Love and 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 learn you know more about the the, the great experiences that you have to share. It's been a uh, an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Reggie. I uh, I hope you're doing well, staying safe, and uh, we'll, you, we'll, I'll, I'll see you again soon. Yeah, no, and, and to everyone out there, uh, thank you for 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 all the frontline workers who are who are out there uh, fighting every day, and and to all the people who are are taking this virus very seriously and. Uh, wearing the proper safety equipment and effectively socially distancing so that we can all uh, get through this pandemic and, and see each other on the other side together. So, um, Andrew, thanks for having me. And uh, uh, thanks for everyone listening in today. All right. Take care. And I'll see you soon, Reggie. Hopefully uh, live and not, not virtual next time. Take care. All right. Sounds good. All right, Charlie.